1: Hello
2: and welcome to The Tonight Show. Political controversy over this Garda eviction scene tweeted by Sinn Féin. We debate with government, opposition and the artist himself. We're also live in New York tonight as Donald Trump prepares to face an historic court hearing tomorrow. You can join our conversation online with your comments and your questions on the hashtag #TonightVMTV. Tonight, live to New York City, where Donald Trump has returned home to face an historic court hearing tomorrow. US correspondent Will Dennis Lowe is there for us tonight. Thanks for joining the programme, Will. Um, what can you tell us about Donald Trump's arrival to New York ahead of this scheduled court hearing? He flew in from Florida.
3: Yeah, hey, Claire, that's absolutely right. I'm st- I'm talking to you a couple of blocks away from Trump Tower Uh, the former president's residence here in New York City. Now, normally, and just 24 hours ago, the press were allowed just outside uh, Trump Tower for uh, coverage. But police have pushed us back several uh, blocks because of the security concerns with the arrival of the former president. A couple of hundred of Donald Trump's supporters have gathered on Fifth Avenue behind me to show their support uh, for Donald Trump. And this, of course, comes just Uh, A DAY BEFORE HE IS EXPECTED IN COURT IN LOWER MANHATTAN FOR HIS ARRAIGNMENT AND FOR US TO FINALLY HEAR EXACTLY WHAT THE CHARGES uh, AGAINST HIM WILL BE. OF COURSE, WE KNOW uh, THAT IT'S IN CONNECTION TO ALLEGED PAYMENT OF HUSH MONEY uh, TO A PORN STAR, STORMY DANIELS, BUT WE DON'T KNOW EXACTLY WHAT THOSE CHARGES ARE OTHER THAN THERE'S EXPECTED TO BE uh, A COUPLE OF DOZEN OF THOSE CHARGES. DONALD TRUMP ON TUESDAY HERE IN NEW YORK IS EXPECTED. Uh, to have his mugshot taken. He's expected to have his fingerprints uh, taken as well, but he is not expected to be handcuffed. That, according to Donald Trump's legal team. And some back and forth about whether uh, videos, whether radio, whether the cameras will be allowed in the courtroom. The message loud and clear from Donald Trump's legal team is that they shouldn't be allowed in, they say that'll help avoid it become even more of a media circus than it already is, Claire.
2: Yeah, um, you talk about media circus there, but we've also, as you said, seen some Trump supporters that have gathered in New York ahead of this hearing tomorrow. Are we expecting more protests, maybe, as you say, counter-protests, also supporting the former president, uh, as well as all the media interest in this?
3: Okay, in a word, yes, we are. We know that a group of Donald Trump's supporters, including the young Republicans uh, here in New York City, we also know that Marjorie Taylor Greene, a congresswoman, uh, is expected to be at a pro-Trump supporters rally that's set to be held uh, outside the courthouse in Lower Manhattan at around noon local time, so around two hours before Donald Trump is expected Uh, to be arranged. The message from them is loud and clear that they believe that this is uh, politically motivated and a weaponization of the justice system. Of course, we can also expect a very strong counter-narrative. Of course, this is a city that heavily uh, leans Democrats. So the majority of people here in the city did not vote uh, for Donald Trump in either of the last two presidential elections and we've heard from uh, democratic lawmakers that say that the justice system must be allowed to run its course and that no one is above the law we've heard an update from the new york police uh, commissioner as well as the mayor of the new york city eric adams they say they've received no credible threats they're urging anyone that comes here to protest to do so peacefully
2: okay will dennis Lowe, joining us from new york tonight thank you for bringing us right up to date um, on that uh, hearing that's expected tomorrow uh, now to matters back home and almost four and a half thousand notices to terminate rented properties were served on tenants at the end of last year. That's according to the Residential Tenancy Board. Meanwhile, an image of an eviction scene by an artist has caused a political controversy. This image uh, tweeted by Sinn Féin TD, Ono oh has been criticised by government figures and the Association of Guard, the Sergeants and Inspectors. And today, Deputy O'Brien said he had a conversation uh, with the AGSI, uh, with Antoinette Cunningham, about the image, which he said was meant to be critical of government policy and not Garthi themselves. Well, I'm joined on my panel tonight by Minister of State Jack Chambers, Sinn Féin TD, a new party spokesperson for foreign affairs, Matt Carthy, Independent.ie Ireland editor Fjernan Sheehan, Broadcaster George Hook and Adam Doyle, the artist also known as Spice Bag. And I want to come to you first, Adam, um, because I want to ask you about that artwork. Uh, that's done exactly what I suppose you set out to do. And that's prompt a very strong response. How did you come up um, with this piece, with this reworking of an original piece and your intention behind it?
4: So the piece is obviously a reworking of a painting uh, by Daniel MacDonald, which was a painting depicting an eviction during the famine. Um, And the reason I made the piece was to kind of draw, I guess, a parallel um, between evictions historically in Ireland and evictions more recently, particularly under the sort of recent past few governments that we've had. Um, And yeah, I, I I actually made the piece a couple of years ago, and I've been reissuing it as prints for charity. So anytime there's um I don't know something particularly nefarious or egregious that I I, I see and I feel strongly about in relation to sort of housing or evictions and stuff like that, I reissue it for for charity. So um uh, this print again um it's up on
5: sale on my Instagram
4: for twelve quid um and that, all that money. All profit
5: made from that will be going towards uh, a charity supporting someone like dealing with homelessness. I haven't you, decided who you yet.
2: Raised, you've raised an awful lot of money
5: haven't you this time round? View Bob now yeah thank you to uh, Owen for sharing it I guess in that regard because um, I think it was on a couple of hundred and then he retweeted and it blew up and now I'm, I think we're pushing we're over 10k anyway um, so that that's, that's pretty I'm very happy with that to be honest. Uh,
2: we heard from Antoinette Cunningham of the AGSI saying it was insultingly wrong to portray um, the Garda like this. What do you say to that reaction um, from, you know, Garda representatives around this image?
6: Uh, like,
4: I understand uh, Antoinette's reaction in terms of um, she's obviously something to do with the Garda, and she she doesn't want to see them in a negative light, and I get that. Uh, what I would say is the image in question that I've used that I've photoshopped into the painting. Um, is an actual image of Gardy participating in a real eviction in 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 North Dublin, so I'm not being disingenuous at all in using uh, those Gardy, masked Gardner, um, in my image. Um, another thing I would say is that Gardy are present at the eviction uh, in the scene; they're standing beside the house. Um, which, as far as I know, is something that Gardy have to do if they're alerted to any potential breach of the peace. Um, they have to arrive. Now, in my opinion throwing a bunch of people out of their house might be a breach to peace, but um, certainly uh, they have to be there. So I don't think it's an unfair thing to include the guardy in the image at all. But it wasn't necessarily meant as a dig at, you know, the guardy or Antoinette or anything. There's all a whole bunch of other things going on in the image. And I think as well, if your emotional response to an image of an eviction is that you get upset about the fact that the Gardaí are in it, um, that might not be the correct emotional response to a bunch of people getting thrown out of their home. Uh,
2: and... What did you make then of the reaction and the political reaction to Ono Brin retweeting um, that image, uh, I think with a caption on it saying, no words needed. Were you surprised at that reaction that it, that it garnered quite quickly in political circles?
5: Like, I'm not overly surprised that it made people... Like, like, a, lot, like a lot of people got upset, um, and I feel like it was kind of like, I don't reuse really use Twitter, um, and that's where it kind of blew up. So there was a lot of people, you know... Have taken shots back and forth at each other, and people were sending me screenshots of mad stuff that people were saying to each other, and all. Um, that wasn't really my concern, as I said. With the with the the purpose of the print was to raise money for homelessness charities, so um, the whole political you know debate around it wasn't really interesting to me in that way. Um, but you know, most of the feedback I got was positive. I got one or two messages off people saying, you know, giving out about it, saying, you know, the same thing. Antoinette was saying that it was unfair on the Guardian, maybe. Um, but 99% of people were like, you know, fair play, just bought one, blah, 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 because the the, the message behind it, I think, was ultimately um, positive in terms of raising money to help people, right. so.
2: Okay, um, let's get some reaction to the rest of our panel. And Jack Chambers, just on the point that Adam is making there, that if you're seeing the issue in this image being about the Gardi, you you've missed the point of it entirely.
1: Well, no, the issue is to do with Owen O'Brien uh, and uh, how he has... Uh, completely insulted uh, many of the rank and file members of Siakana, um offended um, many people across the ranks, um, and I think his clarification today um, uh, amounts to a, ref- a refusal to publicly apologise for all those whom he's offended. So this year we have Ono Brin insulting thousands of members of Angarashiaikana. Last year he was saying he was threatening, saying he would sack a-, a senior civil servant. I think it's a broader matter around. <laughs> Uh, Sinn Féin's yeah. respect for the for the state. Uh, you must and... have been.
2: Were you very thankful to Sinn Féin, though, over the weekend? You must, I mean, like, in government, we're thanksgiving. Like, it's the perfect political distraction, isn't it? Um, oh. You know, from the point that we mentioned at the top of the programme, we have eviction notice figures that are out, and this is what... I suppose, government are choosing to take aim on?
1: No, not at all. And uh, and I take really seriously the issues and the crisis in housing that we have and trying to help people in housing. Um, and there's absolute sincerity around uh, trying to support people um, that are facing a difficult situation, anyone who's received a notice. Um, sure, and, but and, this, is and what,
2: this is what this what was doing the round politically at the weekend. It, this is what we had Simon Harris coming out and talking about. Um this was the discussion point over the weekend, on well, the weekends well, think, that the eviction well, ban was in, lifted. In, in,
1: in addition to issues on housing, which we should speak about and I'm happy to discuss, we also need to speak about the wider approach that Sinn Féin Sinn Féin take to matters related to justice policy. Um, they've abs- abstained on the Special Criminal Court. Um, they've attacked senior civil servants threatening to sack them. They've uh, undermined and completely offended thousands of members of Angarda And that is a serious okay, issue well, and, an, and an issue that they, they need to let's, address. Let's bring that this. The reason this is of concern, I think, to many members of Angarda because it's a Sinn Féin TD um, referencing Angarda in that way. <laughs> And, and if Sinn Féin were to enter right. government, uh, very, they're very con- they're, members of their movement uh, conducted very serious acts against members of the shi economy. Right. and Listen, that's why I'm many Jackie, people are concerned. we
2: time now, and I really do want to get McCarthy on on this. Um, ono Brain is not on the show tonight, despite him asking uh, us asking him to come on the programme. Um, would it be helpful if he was here now instead of you? And that's no offence to you, Matt, but would it be helpful in this instance and um, for Sinn Féin for offering clarity that, you know, um, Antoinette Cunningham of the AGSI said she was happy to receive clarity on it today, but would it be a good idea if Ona Bryn was appearing more in broadcast media today to discuss um, his decision?
0: Well, I'm very disappointed to learn, learn I'm your second choice, Claire, because I wasn't aware of that. I'll certainly be having words with our own press office um, because... I, we, drove, we I, I drove the show, all the way all right from County ca- Monaghan this evening and the full expectation that you were looking forward to seeing me, um, to be quite frank about it. Let's just talk about um, the issue at hand here. The issue at hand, and you mentioned the fact that Jack had plenty of time, but anybody watching will see that he was very eager to talk about virtually anything other than the fact that there are 7,000 mm. 7, people in their homes in rented accommodation tonight. Who have notices to quit? Who have eviction sure. notices? And you're correct in one thing: government are very keen to deflect away from that reality because the one question that Jack couldn't answer if you put it to him is where are those seven thousand people going to go? Because the truth is, government don't have the answers. The truth is, to answer some of the charges that are put, Sinn Féin, a huge respect for the Gardaí. We work with them across um, across every single community. We actually are the people who represent. Their views in the doll. when we challenged Jack and his government colleagues to the fact that they have drastic, we have less Gardie in several communities now than we had okay. a decade ago, you... and the implications that that is having for morale mm. and for the um, potential right. of the Gardie to actually do well, their job. Matt, have, when, Matt hang on one second, Matt. When, when Ona Bryn said um,
2: no words were needed, and then he had to go and clarify, talk to the a- AGSI, and um, said I had a positive conversation, and we had a back and forth in that way on it. Do you think maybe words were needed to give, you know, clarity and context to this that he was, in fact, referring to government policy and
0: not the Gardaí which he had to do later on in the day. Do you think that was a misjudgment? Uh, listen, of course, I'm glad that there was clarity and if you know, as politicians we can tweet things and sometimes they can be mis, <laughs> uh, misinterpreted, misrepresented in some cases, but also sometimes they can cause genuine hurt and I mm-hmm. recognise so that think there think were members a, of the Gardaí. Do you, do you think it was or, a misjudgment?
2: Or, Is this something that, that Sinn Féin believes? Do you think it's something that Oona that Brin believes on the matter?
0: Yeah, I think looking at what Oona said today, he had a conversation with Antoinette Anto- Anto- and, and and on behalf of her members, said categorically that it was never his intention well, to actually apologize. cast any any aspersion on he, he the he guard. He should apologise.
1: The... I think he should apologise publicly. Clarifications aren't apologies. And I, okay, I, well, I, would you would you like? Do you think he should apologise?
0: I think that I take the word of the Secretary General of the ASGI well, the when she says that she has had a conversation and that she has relayed that conversation to um, her members and that she is satisfied that the matter is now resolved. I don't know what the tenure or what the detail of that conversation was. I suspect Jack doesn't either. And I suspect Jack, again, is willing and eager to talk about this as opposed to the fact... They were dealing with well, over seven thousand o- families who your, your have notices
1: your housing, your housing to leave their homes the and who who, don't know where to go. We're, and we're speaking about what a member of your party did yeah. and what he what he tweeted. So it's your own party that has resulted in this conversation. I really wish. I
0: really
2: wish. Right. It, so I really you wish you I want to talk about the political yeah. back and forth because while something was mm. tweeted or retweeted, then there was a very strong response from government on it. It has to be said. And if you're not well, to bring you in on this, this. I really no wish Jack what, would
0: be as eager to listen to what Ono Brin has had to say when. He's been pointing out for the past right. year and more okay, Matt, the solutions to the housing crisis on. that Jack and his colleagues are overseeing.
2: On. Um, just on this, um, like, it really has blown up. and Ona Brain has stated that it was intended as a criticism of government policy. But what do you make of the political to and fro on this over the weekend, on the weekend, that the eviction ban was lifted and those figures that we're talking about now this evening with, you know, uh, people representing the homeless saying, you know, we are facing into a tsunami of evictions here and how this is all... This is the political story.
7: Yeah, this. I mean, we had, did have three whole weeks in advance, obviously, of a, a discussion uh, on the, the lifting of the eviction ban. You had the, those three key votes in the Dahl, which mm. the democratically elected Parliament quite clearly gave a verdict uh, on, the, on those three votes, and they were fairly strongly passed by the, by the government uh, side. So the National Parliament uh, has now supported the lifting of, of the ban. Um what you were, as it was seen over, over the past 48 hours, was some, some pushback, uh, not just on on this issue, but on the wider context of Sinn Féin's long-term record on support, or otherwise, uh, for for Garda Khan. And that, that's why uh, this image was, was particularly uh, picked upon. I mean, it's it's difficult to hear Adam say he's not having a go at the Gardaí. I think it's- Patently obvious that
4: right. the print isn't a go at
7: the end. Yeah, sure, sure. It's just your, your other portfolios of work just include putting a pig's face on a Garda attending an eviction. Was that not having a go at a Garda? don't remember doing that. You don't remember doing that? You don't have control of your own social media account, do you not? Know?
6: I don't know. Well, all my work is right. satire. So, so
7: you? there's there. All right, so yeah. that's satire, is it? Putting a pig's face on a garda.
6: Oh, do you know what that image is actually from? So, so that's those a are pig. those are those are story images from right. um, a social center in Stony Batter, right? Great. So, they put them on their Instagram story. And, so, no, none of them. those photos were edited yeah. by me. They were actually and that's, posted. that's not your painting, then? No, that's my painting. Yeah. That's not what you asked me, though. And, of course, you that's, said, that's no. Not, not, hang on, that, let, let me consistent. just ask me a question. You let me finish yeah, my point. Clarify yeah, let me finish my image. point, you,
2: uh, I didn't Do make that picture. That, that was
6: from a story, and that was taken from the, the Instagram stories of That Social Centre, which is a social centre in Stony Batter, right? Right, Will yeah, you be quiet for a second? Let me finish if you ask me a question. Um the, print, the last, so when I was saying these are issued for charity, the last time they were okay. issued for charity was to raise to Adam's money other for... views on other sure. on the garda well, I mean, you're in the middle of talking here. Do you you asked me something. Okay. Yeah. I I I what about See, what what Adam's to... views
7: about the Garda-Shea
6: that they aid
7: bailiffs carrying out evictions, that they protect bailiffs, that the bailiffs are covered by the garda When he says, if God forbid, a property developer doesn't get their way, they, on Garda-Shea will be on it like a fly on shite.
2: OK, do you want to... So add, Adam, to era? Do you want to answer is that? Is that you you his respectful that?
7: view of on Garda I, do, do well,
6: I guess my view on that would be that there is no way for the guardi to respond to an eviction, legal or illegal, other than turning up Standing up and, as you say, supporting the bailiffs, standing oh, around yes, doing okay. that. So,
2: but Fiona, so, on so, this point here. I know, sorry, I do. Sorry, I do think it is important it, just it, to say we have Adam on talking about his work. There's respect for
7: Angarda Shyakana to uphold sure. the law in sure. a non-prejudicial. basis. but I want basis. to say
2: also that he Adam, take that Adam to you. is Adam is here as an artist who, who has, who has who has pieces of art, who's put his work together and surely he's entitled to well, do has, that as an artist. He has now, politically maybe motivated
7: pieces of art.
2: Maybe, maybe then there's an issue with a politician retweeting that. Which is and maybe also, Maybe that's course, where the issue lies. Of course, you also go to Northern, Northern Ireland
7: and you get his view on the PSNI as well.
2: All right. Um, do, look, is it politically motivated, Adam? Is it, did you want to, do you want to answer that?
4: Well, I'd imagine everything everyone's saying on this panel is probably politically motivated in some way. We have two TDs here, like so I don't know. Um, my art is know, my art is sorry, and you, George, hope I said too. Um, but uh, my art is political satire. I'm entitled to my own opinions, my own art. Um, if you don't like them, that's your problem. All
2: right, but George. You um, um, what's your take on all of this all right, and how okay. it's played out?
8: I'm going to be very calm for a change. First of all, I've no gripe with Alan. All right, Alan's by his own admission, put this thing up, and about. A hundred people looked at it. It would probably have never been seen. The problem here is that there is an enormous travesty against the Irish people by an elected representative. He used the greatest tragedy of this country in which we lost a million dead, two million people forced to emigrate. He used that to make a crass political point. Then... What we saw, and it's very important, what we saw was the Sinn Féin mask slipping. And we saw... You asked me a question, so let me answer. We saw the Sinn Féin mask slipping, what their view of Garda-Shirkhana is. That's what we saw. And lest you think that this is a one-off, there is a national amnesia about Sinn Fein. But some of us haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten AK forty sevens that gunned down Jerry McCabe, And within years, okay. Sinn Fein wanted them released early. George Like we I need to get
2: Martin on that. I need to get Matt in on, the, Matt in on this. Matt Happy. on this, it's a charge that's levelled uh, by government. We hear it when there's anything around this, any sort of controversy. The mask slips. We heard it from Simon Harris at the weekend. And here's George saying it as well. How do you counter that as a party? Um, And do you believe you can sufficiently?
0: I think we counter that by our record in communities. Of course, you're going to have victory all from people like like George. But we work with the Gardaí across every single community. I've been a councillor for um, a long number of years. I've been a member of the European Parliament. I'm a member of the Dáil. In all of those forums, I've engaged very constructively with local members of the Gardaí. Our TDs across all portfolios engage very positively. And as I say, when this government are actually overseeing a situation where the Guardi are starved of resources, where they're dealing with a recruitment and a retention crisis. It is Sinn Féin representatives that are articulating those positions while government make, uh, representatives are making excuses for the situation that those Guardies find themselves in and for the situation that many communities then find themselves in because they don't have the level of community support right. that they're, they're depending on the gardie right. providing. Uh, but Fiona, an, an, an issue around this is
2: also um, a point, I suppose, that Matt made and that others have made and that was made at the AG, AGSI conference today is the, the need, I guess, uh, for resourcing, but for guidelines to be issued around the issue of evictions for gardhi in order that they don't find themselves in the situation that was there in 2018 and again discussed in 2020 around evictions um, and that these images then we, we see are not portrayed when people think of evictions that guards are there to support and to prevent a breach of the peace. Do you think that's something that has to come into this conversation as well?
7: But if they're there to prevent a breach of the peace, what are they supposed to do? If there are people, people protesting and they're interfering with the, the law being being carried out mm-hmm. at that time, then what, what, are, what are the guards supposed it... to do? but put themselves, They put themselves in the line of danger to uphold the law.
2: Are Garthi not in a difficult situation they, on, just, sorry, on this one as, as well? They just come, as they do
7: with protests well, they a, did, of other types.
2: There was certainly, though, there was um, criticism from... Um, there was there was talk from the policing authority. There was certainly criticism from the opposition around those images and um, hoods worn by Garthi and that the correct protocols, you know, probably need to be examined. But has there been anything around that? Like, we have heard this now from the AGS, AGSI again today saying you know, an appeal to the the Commissioner in this regard for new guidelines, for guidelines to be outlined to their members around how they handle evictions. Do you think that is necessary and a priority and maybe something that this conversation
1: has started... Well, look, it's a matter for the commissioner on, on all guidelines, and uh, and as I said, the, there were updated uh, guidelines. I think in twenty twenty around that period, and um, and and how to sensitively address any matter in their in their policing response. Um, but do you I think, think they're I,
2: supported. Do you think they're supported enough in that?
1: I think. Well, I think the commissioner uh, has very structured engagement with the representative associations um, who are appealing to the guard. And, the and with from... the and with the policing authority as well. But I think that's, again, that's centralising it as if this is something that, um, you know, that, 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 a picture that's being depicted every day of the week and the, and the guardi's role in that, that's very clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. The Guardi work within communities. And that's what makes the, the tweet that Owen made, um, you know, the, the insult and the, off, the offence it caused so many members of Angardia Shikana right. as, if, as if that reflects their daily no. uh, work See, and the their See the work. Real,
0: the real travesty here... Isn't necessarily the role of any agency in evictions. It's the fact that evictions are going to be taking place. There are seven thousand families, as I say, who tonight have notices to quit. Basically, they're they being told what that over the next the number trees of, have on the, next number what of the next number the of the next on the number. Uh, George, get off your high horse just for a minute, because this is really important. Because I'm dealing with the families that are actually oh, facing but evictions. We heard all that. Uh, like the, this
8: programme has done evictions non-stop for the best part of a month. Okay. We are talking about. A tweet. Okay. Will you stay on topic? Think, George, no, no. The topic here stay is that people topic. are going to be homeless. No, you no, might not care about that, but I can see
2: a lot of this care more about that because we will talk about, any about tweet. that in one moment. But George, do you think this is something? And we've heard now from the AGSI coming out saying thanks for the clarity, Mo No Okay, we had all the government, you know, reaction to it. Do you think people do you think people care outside of that about this tweet?
8: I think they do. I think and people bec I think, but it is an age thing. There's no question about that. That they they're, they're, you have to be like to remember 1969 in the North, you have to be an old age pensioner. Um you have to be in your fifties to, to even remember any serious effects of the troubles. You have to be so over still... 50 it's... to have any idea of it's the role like... of Sinn Fein in a the issues of the north, where Jerry, where Jerry Adams in the Adair killing, actually was able to right, say okay. this was approved by a higher authority, and then so therefore, what there is amnesia. If you're under 50, you don't know what people are talking about. So they can stand up in the door they, they can stand up in the doll and say, oh, because there's nobody questions them. I might be on my high hey. horse, and I don't know who he's referring to when he says people like George. I'm not sure who people like George are. I'm talking about people who want to talk about everything
0: in historical, in historical basis I'm talking, talking about the, the fact but that we're 25 years it. into, uh, we're celebrating 25 years since the Good Friday Agreement. We are absolutely entitled to actually put forward solutions why, to a housing why, crisis why, why that you, Jack's party has overseen.
1: in the special criminal court? Because we're like, who, you know who, this. Who, who are you protecting there? You know, Jack,
0: that we oh, have engaged why, why very you, constructively in the, the review, the review of all the special put, powers. The
1: special criminal court put gangsters and murderers behind bars. Yes, and, you, and you I sit, hope that all gangsters and murderers f- are put you, behind bars. Why do you sit on the fence on that? Because what... Jonathan we... Dowdle convicted through the Special Criminal Court. Why can't you vote for the Special Criminal Court and put murderers and gangsters behind bars? Why why, why do you sit on the fence okay. on that? Well, and that's the wider justice okay. question no, that I think has, no. Jack, has that, to be triggered it's on that. interesting
2: around that because also there's criticism, I suppose, okay, there may be criticism for, from Sinn Féin on that for a particular reason, but you do have human rights organisations also taking issue with the Special Criminal Court. It isn't just coming from one particular well, we, I think we all know. I think we all or know or why
1: Sinn Fein sit on the fence yeah. on it. Because yeah. a lot of members of their movement in the past were convicted through it, and it's a loyalty and allegiance to them, not anything to do with human rights organisations. So Jack always finds his
0: voice when he's asked any other question other than where the 7,000 no, people who are, do are you going to sit on the be, fence. In if in you allow me like to make a, make they should, a point, they should answer if you allow me make a point,
1: Jack should also answer the question. I didn't want to
2: talk about the special criminal court tonight. But it's really important
1: because it's a very important justice matter serious right. questions okay, to answer
2: on justice-related issues. And I want to move on now, you're not, But Jack does issue... know that there
0: is currently a review of the Special Criminal Court, something oh that Sinn Féin okay. welcomed can, and Sinn Féin will look forward to, over... to engaging positively. Back
2: to the overriding issue, which For we keep sure. referring to, Matt, um, which is around the number of evictions and this... Um, what we're hearing about the tsunami of evictions we're likely to see. not, I mean, I'm just wondering how all of this is going to now um, play out over the next few weeks when we've seen... Already, uh, what's been happening over the weekend?
7: So we're being told by government that there are plans in place at local authority level and that if people find themselves in a situation where they're being, being made homeless, that they can go to their, their local authority and that some assistance will be, be provided. Uh, we've been told a number of other actions uh, are taking place to try and, and mm. create some accommodation within the, in the short term. Uh, It won't all happen at once. You'll have a a, a trickle effect here in terms of those eviction notices coming into play based on the amount of of, uh, notice that that people have to be given. And that's based upon the the, the length of of their their tenancy.
2: That's going to be problematic and challenging, isn't it? um, Absolutely. I mean, mean, Jack, how how is that going to be handled? Like we already had Simon Community coming out saying, you know, these figures that they're talking about four and a half thousand evictions. But you know what? They they think that households, it's going to be near 7,500 households that so, are going to be at, so, at risk now.
1: So Minister O'Brien has been very clear with local authorities on on, on increasing the direct acquisitions uh, of properties mm. and that's why an acquisitions unit has been established in the Department of Housing. There's 1,000 targeted leasing units being uh, funded and also over 9,000 social homes being built this year. 6,000 were built at the end of last yeah. year. Just but on the rental situation though, Jack. We are trying to... Uh, provide every support through local authorities for people that may receive a notice. Uh, Do you and, worry and, that and you're and the, playing catch-up? But no, like there's been significant measures taken in quarter four last year, as I said, with the the mm-hmm. level of delivery. Uh, 30,000 new homes built, where people have gotten their keys and are getting supports. Uh, and I would say is that I know it's a it's a difficult issue for for many people. Mm. Um, but we've tried to strike the balance. And right. the, the overall consideration is that we didn't and want to make matters worse make by by homeless, no, by by, ex- by extending this. You potentially increase the number of notices to quit that that could crystallise, say, towards the end of the year. Just briefly,
2: Wayne Stanley of of Simon coming out today saying, you know, it is not too late. Do you think politically, really, there is no way back now on this? the,
1: The focus is to... Significantly increase okay. supply and support uh, many of the families that may receive a notice uh, to quit okay. and provide them with, and and the them with. There's going to be more people
0: homeless in the months ahead than we've ever seen in the history of that state, and that's all on Jack and his colleagues. Okay. I didn't get to ask you either about uh, the cabinet reshuffle at Sinn Féin.
2: We might, may get to do that um, <laughs> after the break. Um, My thanks to Adam for joining us um, and for his insight um, into this story. The rest of us are staying on here. Coming up next, the risk posed by Russian ships off our coast. Do stay with us.
4: plushcare.com
5: slash weight loss.
2: Three Russian ships spotted off the west coast of Ireland at the weekend have caused a political stir. One academic has accused the Russians of sending a cheap threat. Their movements were monitored by the Air Corps and by the naval service from their base at Hall Bolan. However, there were no Irish naval ships at sea on Friday due to a lack of personnel. Well, my panel is still here with me. Junior Minister Jack Chambers, Sinn Féin TD, and new party spokesperson for foreign affairs, Matt Carthy, Independent.ie Ireland editor, Fionn Sheehan, and broadcaster, uh, George Hook. Um, On this um, issue, Jack, um, that we're told that these ships left the exclusive economic zone, if you like, and were then spotted off the coast of Dingle. Uh, How concerned is the government about
1: this? Well, they were monitored by... Uh, by the Irish Naval Service, as you've said, and also by the, by the Air Corps. Um, now, the Naval and, Service,
2: who were back and, at, the,
1: and, at port and they, in, and in they, Cork. And they obviously exited our, our waters at that point and there wasn't any reported breach of uh, Would it have been good to have had a,
2: a naval ship out there just to spot what was well, happening?
1: Well, Keep it an have, eye on they... It. they, they There was the monitoring occurred, and and the Air Corps Mm. also provides support uh, when it comes to um, monitoring of our maritime uh, waters and upholding international law. What I would say more generally, the the government recognises that we need to strengthen um, the level of recruitment and improve retention within the Defence Forces, um, and we have an ambitious programme to do that. Should that
2: have happened? Should we have seen naval ships docked in Cork? When there are three Russian ships off the coast of Tingle,
1: well, we obviously the, the naval service provide um, uh, provide support and uphold the and the, you know, on a agreement degree service level agreement with the, with the Sea Fisheries Protection Authority, but if. But monitoring of our maritime waters regularly occurs by... Uh, so you're happy through, enough through with, that. You're happy no, enough I, with I, that arrangement? I, I, I recognise that we do need to strengthen, and I've said that previously uh, in my previous remarks, to strengthen the uh, levels of recruitment and retention. And we have an ambition through the Commission on Defence Forces of reaching uh, well, 11,500 and significantly increasing the level right. of personnel and the capability Jack, of Defence Forces. You, um,
2: what we've had Yuri Filatov saying is that they were sheltering from a storm. Do you buy that story?
1: Well, there's been no reported uh, concern uh, in terms of breach of international law, and okay. it's a matter for the Minister of Foreign Affairs and Defence will so, respond to that. Um, but I would say, so you're not overly the concerned. About... Well, the Air Corps monitored this okay. with the Irish Naval Service, and it's important that we speak to the facts. If there was a breach of international okay. law, and we strengthen the uh, the the. I recruitment Sound, and improve the capability of of the, the defense force Sounds, so well. therefore
2: maybe like a storm a storm in a teacup um, if you pardon the puns around it McCarthy what's your take on it now in your new brief um over over foreign affairs and and uh, defense
0: well, I think in the first instance um Jack has suggested that you know it's a matter for the minister for foreign Affairs who happens to be the tarnished and is party leader. Um, to comment on these matters, I think it would be helpful if you did and set out from the think? perspective. I don't know is the, is quite um, frankly the case what the Russian vessels were doing, but I do find it concerning when I hear reports of foreign vessels, um, particularly one that is engaged in an aggressive action in, on the continent of, of Europe and, uh, and on, in a an unjustified war. In the continent of um, Europe um, entering our waters. And I find it, quite frankly, really depressing that we have a situation where our naval services, in particular, and our defence forces, in generally. Aren't that the capacity that are required? Jim, Jack mentioned a couple of times the Commission on the future of the defence forces.
2: They published their report a yeah. year they ago. They did yeah. ask and for multi-billion euro yes. spend. Is that something that Sinn Féin would endorse? Yes, we
0: want All to right. see our we want okay. to see us reach the target of eleven thousand five hundred. We're currently at under eight thousand. So that's how far away we are. We're about two thirds. Where we all accept we need okay. to be. We, and the situation is getting honoured. worse because, as well, there's a recruitment issue, but there is a very clear retention issue. And the members of the okay. Defence Forces have set out why that is and what needs yeah. to happen. And but the government haven't done anything. Is, with is actually this concerning from a happen. couple
2: of points of view, maybe that we do have Russian ships, but also it appears that we're not able to monitor them maybe to the extent that we may need to?
7: Well, we do also have uh, strategic assets uh, off our coast, such as undersea cables. Uh, which are vital for the the functioning of, well, of, so of our economy, possible. and you know, it's our responsibility to mind those. Instead, we're we seem to be farming that out uh, to the UK and the Americans to keep an eye on these these things for us. Uh, the difficulty, I suppose, that we have at the moment with with the defence forces is that it's, it it seems to be kind of in limbo. They've they've gone through a, a lengthy period of underinvestment and vast uh, numbers of of, of departures. Uh, we have got demands for increased expenditure, but yet there, there also seems mm. to be management difficulties in terms of the culture within the organisation, as, as you saw a week ago. So, it's not a great time to have your yeah. your defence forces okay. basically being caught out like this. We
2: also have in this, George, no clearly defined threat. So, should we be so worried and should we be focusing um, you know, all our resources on this? Or uh, worrying when, uh, about that well, we need more resources um, in the area?
8: Frankly, we should be scared out of our wits. Um We'd, we'd all be speaking German today if we weren't hiding behind the skirts of the UK and America in World War Two. This neutrality trap, trap that we are now involved in will soon be the only neutral country in the globe, but Switzerland, just this week, Finland, who recognised the threat yeah, from and Russia they are, right are going Russia. to join NATO... Closely followed by Sweden. We'll be sitting over here saying it's okay, other people will die for us, and Mm -hmm. we'll be okay, little neutral island. So we we should think for a second that ships, and we saw pictures of them there, they weren't the Moscow Yacht Club coming to visit Royal Mm -hmm. Irish in Dunleary on a companion visit. They were big ships. So we your point saw, is we should be in NATO to protect ourselves that, against yeah, this? Yes, of course we should. Yes. I mean, I we just, likely, we, we, were, we, depended on the fishermen of Castletown Bear at the end of last year yeah. to face down the I just wonder, George, when you say we should be jo-
2: joining NATO and you also say that, you know, we let others go and fight the wars for us. Do we want to send our young men and women off to war? Is that what you're saying? Because well, joining what NATO, price be... put,
8: what price do you put on democracy and freedom? So you're saying
2: yes. Do you think that the? I mean, is there any? Is there any push at all? I know there've been various polls done about our neutrality and potential NATO membership and all of that. That seems something you've put to bed now. Was it definitely cropped up last year and um, there was discussions around our neutrality and where we go? Happy that that's been been well, sort of parked well, now from a government perspective
1: active neutrality is a key part of Ireland's role in terms of peacekeeping and uh, and I don't believe um, the Irish people would support Ireland joining uh, NATO. Um, so, but I do think we need to strengthen our capability. That's why we'll have the largest investment in the history be, of the state. That report, uh, in,
2: are we going to take up some of the recommendations then that are contained so, potentially within so, that report so in around the, investment? In, in the
1: Commission on Defence Forces, 80% of the high-level action uh, oh, yeah. have been have been implemented and they will be publishing... Uh, a, right. a detailed implementation plan and a roadmap oh. to 2028 okay. on matching Will investment that... with improved capability. And we do, do we have, have to... to do that over the coming years.
2: Okay, well, we'll have to uh, leave that there for now. My thanks to my panel tonight. Next, we speak to a former Miss Ireland about her battle with an eating disorder. Do you stay with us. Here now by former Miss Ireland Linda Duffy to talk about her battle with an eating disorder. Linda, you're very welcome to the programme. And we're interested in having you on to talk about this because we're talking specifically about binge eating disorder. And I think people hear a lot about bulimia and anorexia, but not so much about binge eating disorder. Um, can you tell us how you came to understand what it is and how it was something you were suffering from?
9: Mm. So I think for me. How I came to understand was it it took me a while. I didn't really know what the definition of binge eating disorder was. Um, I often found myself Googling what are the symptoms of it to see if that was what I actually had. Um, Because a lot of people associate associate eating disorders with anorexia or bulimia, stuff that you, you you're very familiar with
2: those terms. So how was it um, manifesting itself for you? How was it playing out in your everyday life?
9: Um, so it was a case of when you have an eating disorder, you know, you're in front of food every day. Mm. Okay. You need food to survive. So you're in front of food and you're thinking, okay, today I'm having a good day. So that means I'll eat very little or I'll be very selective in terms of what I eat, your healthy foods. On a bad day, it's like all hell breaks loose and you're like, I might start off having one dessert, but that goes into, well, I've you know, I've ruined the day. I've had that many calories, let's just have a complete blowout. So I eat whatever I want and as much as I want until, you know, I get to a point where I physically can't eat anymore. And then
2: following that it would enter into a cycle of not eating.
9: Correct. So you'd have those feelings of <clears throat> one, I feel guilty for chewing it. Two, it's disgusting how much I've eaten. Three I've eaten so many calories that I now have to counterfeit mm. the next day to eat less. So, so I'm
2: balancing it out. sense in your head or this pressure to always, always balance out mm. you, your actions at all times. Mm. And I'm just conscious that we introduced you as a former Miss Ireland. and It's a competition that you won back in 2002. And to anyone looking on, this must have been a high point in, in a modelling career or career that you had. But how bad were things for you at that point in your, in your early 20s?
9: So for me, it would have really started when I was about 15 or 16. So by the time I got to Miss Ireland, it was already part of my life. Um, mm. Did it get worse when I was modelling? I, I don't really think so. Any pressure that was put on me was by myself. You know, it wasn't a case of nobody's ever told me to lose weight or anything like that. It was it was that internal pressure of myself and the expectation of if you win something like Miss Ireland, you need to look a certain way, you need to dress a certain way, you need to be a certain size to validate that Mm. title.
2: And you you went through a point that uh, you're saying happened probably in the last, well, did it happen in recent years that you would actually go to the point of starvation? Mm.
9: So that would have really happened in the last five, six years. Um, when I would have been at my lowest, that was that was my way of trying to control myself, trying to control my life, or thinking I was controlling my life, um, because I just didn't know how else to to deal with things or trying to get that control.
2: Yeah, and we talk about this as being sort of under identified and something that maybe a lot of people might not even recognise that they have or need to seek help for. Mm. Um, what would your advice be to people tonight who are watching in and say, look, I recognise this binging activity and then being very, very hard on myself afterwards. Mm. What, how did you get the help that you needed? So for me, it was <clears throat> recognising that I had a
9: problem. Mm. I always thought that I could fix it myself. I'm someone that has a lot of willpower and I consider myself a strong person and I thought that was enough to fix it versus I have this so long, I just have to accept that I have it and I'll just have to deal with it in the best way that I can.
2: So did you talk to friends and family?
9: I didn't. Personally, I didn't. No, it was something that I hid from pretty much everyone that was closest to me. Um, and like I said, when I got to the point that I, I knew I just I can't deal with this anymore in my life. And I was at that point, I resigned to the fact that, OK, I need help. And I went to seek help. So what I would say to people that, you know, have maybe a similar situation to me or resonate with, you know, my journey with food, you can't fix it by dieting. You can't fix it by eating healthy. You can't fix it by thinking that you can manage it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to understand why are you doing it. There's a reason why we do it. And until you understand what the cause of that is.
2: Did and did you have like loved ones who were saying they were worried about you, or did it kind of physically manifest itself to the point that people did say, Is there something going on or or that? Or was this always something that you you kept from people? So so
9: People closest to me would have been aware I had a challenge with food mm. because you, when you have something like this, you hide it, and you can hide it very well if you want to. Yeah.
2: So and your they might message have, would be: do try, you, do you try have, and reach you, out and talk. There you, you, is support you either, there. Either
9: reach out to somebody that you trust. If you can't mm. do that, you have to reach out to a professional because, like I say, you you can't fix it yourself. If you think that you can, you know, stop eating. Um, or go on diets or, you know what, next week I'll be good and I'll fix everything. You
2: you just can't. And how are you doing now, Linda?
9: I'm doing really well. That's um, good. In a much better place, um, enjoying a life an awful lot better.
2: Well, that's really good to hear, and we do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us, and and hopefully that does help and resonate with people to seek um, the help. So we appreciate that, Linda. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just to let you know, you can contact Helplines on virginmediatelevision.ie forward slash helplines if you've been affected by any of these issues. Uh, that is it from us. Our programme is available as a podcast on all major platforms. You can also find us on Instagram and on TikTok. But from all the late in here, good night. Take care.